governor's office, the sheriff will be here at noon. Noon? I better rehearse my speech. As honorary chairman of the welcoming committee, it is my privilege to extend to you a laurel and hearty handshake. Wonderful. Lovely. Excellent. Hey, Gabby, can you see him yet? It's yours coming. Ring out the church bell. Strike up the band. The sheriff is a nigger. What'd he say? The sheriff is near. No, God bless him, James Lewis. The sheriff is a nigger. As chairman of the welcoming committee, it is my privilege to extend a laurel and hearty handshake to our new nigger. like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. I'm Don Hall. This is Donnie Smith. And this is the I Like to Podcast, the podcast that begs the question. I like the podcast? I like the podcast. I like the podcast. I, I like, like to podcast. This is the I Like to Watch podcast, the podcast that begs the question, <laughs> what movie did Donnie Smith and his wife have before they met? There you go. Oh All right. God, there you go. There yeah. you go. There you go. So how are you doing? I'm perfect. I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing good. The uh, the stag agreement was fully released finally the other day. We have until December fifth to vote, yes or no, Don't on it. Housekeeping. You come back in an hour. Housekeeping. You want towels? Our towels need sleepy. Housekeeping. You want men for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of released their, I think it was something like 30 pages of bullet points. Uh, I didn't want to read just 30 pages of bullet points, even though it is nice to have that as a guide. Uh, the actual agreement, I want to say, is somewhere around 130 pages, Woof. something like that. Well, yeah. And it's, of course, it's, it's, it's of course, and it's filled, it's all written by lawyers, right? So it's all filled with the legalese of, you know, pursuant to subparagraph 2ABC. You know, uh, blah 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 blah. It's very, it's very dense reading, as all legal documents are. Uh, I did not read the entire uh, MOA. Uh, I did, however, go to 
the AI section, to be honest, uh, I went there first just to see what the exact wording of things are. And, you know, of course, I didn't memorize the shit, so I, I can't really pull all of that knowledge up. I'm yeah, a yeah. Lawyer but to remember from, all of that shit. Yeah. From my perspective, I, say, I just I just want to know. Yeah, I, 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 I'm certainly not going to read it. Uh, it. I mean, it's not my industry, so I don't really care. But it is interesting. And uh, so, yeah, I'd love to hear what your your takeaways from the AI stuff I, is. My biggest takeaway, there's there's two things, right? Okay, so first on the positive side is there are what they would call protections in the agreement, okay? okay. Those, protections, those, those protections are all brand new. They did not previously exist at all. This is all new territory, okay? So on the one hand, our negotiating committee and the national board uh, have every right to tout the fact that there are brand new protections that were never there before. My problem in reading the language is that it just, to me, feels like there are too many loopholes for the studios to still kind of do whatever they want. Two things in particular that I, I a bit of a sticking point, okay? One is, um, you have the right as a performer to not consent to being scanned, digitally scanned. You have a right to protect your image. You have a right to say, no, I'm not going to do that uh, as part of the terms of employment. The producers have every right then to say, fuck you, we're moving on to the next actor, we're going to hire that person. Because someone out there is going to say, yeah, I don't really give a shit, scan me, fine. Okay, so someone's someone's going to take the job. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. So that's fine, and that's good. It's good that we have uh, protections for consent. That's wonderful. Okay, it's the same thing as if you don't want to be naked in a film, someone will then then say, "Well, nudity is actually required of this film," and sorry, we got to hire somebody who's going to show their dick on screen. Okay, and you know, it, it, it's basically the same thing, right? Um. What's weird is that, you know, if you're part of the A-list, maybe part of the B-list, I don't know, but definitely part of the A-list, you can, you can probably get away with not giving consent and still be hired to do your job, right? George Clooney could probably say, you know, fuck the digital shit, I ain't doing that, you're not using me that way, and they'll be like, well, okay, we still want you, George, all right? But like me, my friends, most working actors are not going to have that sort of leverage over the studios and production companies, right? They're just, again, like I said, going to go hire the next uh, actor on the list. Okay, so there's that. Um, the other thing that kind of bothered me um, was this idea that, uh, how do I phrase it exactly? Producers will endeavor to, or producers will do their best to. <laughs> okay. There's a Let's lot of pushy fucking language. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that language in the AI shit. And I'm like, that basically means fuck you. We ain't doing it. I mean, let's just be honest. That's what it means. Endeavor to do what? They're not going to do shit. You just put it in there to look like it's a protection. That's not really a protection. Okay. So, those are my two biggest problems with AI. And I know that that's a pretty broad description. Um, you can probably have an entire podcast that would last 100 episodes going over the entire fucking MOA, okay? We're not doing that here. 
Um, so those are two concerns. The other concern that I have is it it does feel like once the A-listers kind of stepped in uh, behind the scenes, and from what I read, a handful of people was it was Clooney, it was Ben Affleck, it was Scarlett Johansson. It was like there were like a bunch of A-listers that really kind of stepped in behind the scenes to try to uh, negotiate both sides or, or uh, what do you call it? Mitigate, uh, play, re play referee. What is the fucking term? Anyway, uh, for both sides to try to reach an end to the strikes. Okay. And one of the things that they had discussed was, okay, well, what if the A-listers kick in X amount to the production so that people you know, the working actors in the thing can get a little bit more money or a little bit more residuals or whatever that might be. And that's a great idea. Uh, and Fran Drescher, the president of SAG, basically said, that's a very nice idea. And we will revisit that option at some point, but we don't want your money. We want Ampetipa's money. So we're going to negotiate with them for that kind of shit, not you. Um, since that kind of conversation happened, it felt like there was more of a fire under SAG's ass to end the strike, which I don't like. It felt like they were ending the strike or trying to end the strike so that A-listers could get back to work. And like I said, I'm sure Clooney, I'm sure these people have shit lined up that they want to get their millions of dollars for. Working actors don't have things lined up. We have to audition. We're, we're, we're giggers, right? And... As far as I'm concerned, most of the people I've talked to are like, well, fuck it. Let's just keep fighting for all the good shit that we want. Like, we're already not working. Like, let's just do it. So I, it feels like a lot of the information coming from SAG now that the uh, MOA is open for voting, it feels like a lot of the information coming from SAG is very heavy handed and pressuring. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what happens if you vote no. If you vote no on this contract, people are going to be out of work and this, that, and the other. I just saw one today on fucking my Facebook feed from SAG uh, with that exact thing. It was like infographics. And basically, like, the thing was like, if you vote no, these are all the horrible things that are going to happen. And I'm just like, that's what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's not a way to operate as like, like scare tactics as a union feels really it, shitty it feels well, it really works. shitty. it works but it's for a lot shitty that it works yeah well, for a lot of uninformed people i'm sure it will work and you know i know a couple of people i've seen on social media i've seen a couple of people that voted well i'm voting yes and feel free to reach out to me as to why this is before the fucking moa the full moa was even released they were voting yes just based on bullet points and based on some um they've had some in person and then some like zoom uh conferences where they'll they take questions and kind of walk you through what they achieved how they achieved it and how that is going to benefit all of us okay yeah and so i watched i watched two of those i watched one was one was about two and a half three hours before i was like i have to peace out because i'm fucking tired it's 11 o'clock at night and then the other one i did watch the full thing they were at the palladium here in hollywood and they uh did a webcast of it and yeah that fucker was three and a half hours long man and they still didn't get through all the people in line that well, had questions. And, and to be honest with you, okay. I think probably there is it. it uh, I'm, and it's, I'm just going to believe, but it, have you you've seen the movie Squid Game? 
I have not seen it. Is it a, oh, it's a show? Is it a show? The, well, there's the movie Squid Game, oh. the Korean yeah. movie Squid Game that the show oh, yeah. that this Squid Game, the challenge, it's the Netflix uh, game show. Uh, oh, it's so based on game show and one is a movie. Well, the movie, it, basically, okay. the movie came out of South Korea, amazingly successful, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's actually not even a movie. It's a series because there's a number of. That's what I asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a, so it's a okay. series, but it's a, okay. it's a fictional series, right? It's a fictional right. series about this fucking, you know, 456 people they're going to win and they are they're these high-end children's games like red light green light and marbles and tug right. of war and how long can you hang and, on yeah and in, yeah. and in, in the in the in the fictionalized version if you don't make it you're murdered okay right. in right. The, the okay but I've been watching the uh, the 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 game show version of it, where they don't get murdered, mm-hmm. but squibs when they when they are out, squibs in their shirts go off, right. uh, you know, black ink, so it looks like they've been shot, so, and then they fall dead. You know, it's like that mm-hmm. game. But it's mm-hmm. kind of fun. But there's this one. It, what this is exactly what it reminds me of is uh, there's this one thing where there are four symbols. There's a circle, a triangle, a star, and then a, an umbrella. And the, the the challenge is you're given each person is given uh, a tin with a piece a circular piece of honeycomb with one of those imprints kind of st- st- stuck in it and you have to take a needle and carve it out without breaking the image. Mm. Does that make sense? Okay, sure. Okay, sort of. Yeah, yeah. So so everybody that is in this game show has seen the movie and they know they do not want the umbrella because the umbrella is notoriously hard because it's got a lot of little nooks and crannies. You know, it's like the circle's the easiest. The fucking right. umbrella is practically impossible. And they know anybody that gets the umbrella is it, the people on their team, which in this case, at this point in the in the game show, there's probably 40 people on each team, right? Well, they have to go and they put the first four in line. They say, line up, all right? One through four. You don't know what you're getting into. Then you go into a room and there are the four symbols and you have two minutes. The four of you have two minutes to agree which ones, which symbols. And nobody wants the fucking umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. So the Mm -hmm. first like three rounds... Those pe- they won't agree because nobody fucking wants the umbrella and the and the person that's not standing it's like you've got somebody hanging on to that fucking circle and somebody hanging on to that goddamn triangle and somebody hanging on that star and the person's like I'm not no I'm not going to take the fucking umbrella and they're like if you don't take the umbrella then we're all going to be out we're we'll all be eliminated if you don't take the umbrella and it, uh-huh. fuck you I'm not taking the umbrella I'm not doing that this we have to all agree on this and then the two minutes is up and all four of them are kicked off the show. And then you have the next round, and it's exactly the same thing. They're trying to figure out how can we agree. Nobody wants the fucking umbrella. There's usually one person that gets the shit into the stick, and they're like, fuck you. I'm not doing this. I would rather not play the game for four and it's like four and a half million dollars. I would rather be eliminated from this game than take the umbrella because I've got 40 people that are counting on me not to take the umbrella. And mm-hmm. that's what this whole negotiation with SAG sounds like. It's like the A-listers, they got the circle and maybe the triangle. Mm-hmm. And they're basically saying to everybody else that's like the working class, no, you have to take the umbrella. Because if you don't take the umbrella, we're all out of this. Right. And it's like, that's a shitty deal. It's a, I mean, it's fascinating. And it's really fun to watch at a game show because it's like, God damn it, sure. crazy. Sure. But in real life, that sucks. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, you know, I, I just don't think it's cool. I, you know, I said, I think I said this earlier on on the podcast. I, I maybe I didn't, um, maybe I said it privately with you. I know I've said it privately with some other friends. It's like, <clears throat> based on how corporations own shit nowadays, it seems, it, it seemed like going into these strikes and when the strikes were happening, it really was a test as to whether or not unions could do what they have historically done for their workers in the past. You know, how, how much have times changed? How weak exactly are the unions nowadays? Uh, how, or how strong are they nowadays compared to how they used to be? And, you know, the DGA, the Directors Guild, kind of caved pretty quickly and pretty easily. Um, a lot of them are producers themselves, so it's no wonder. Uh, the writers really fought, and from what I understand, the writers really got what they wanted that's what i understand yeah hence, hence the 99 percent approval rating okay um the sag national board approved this agreement at 86 percent. that is not that is not an overwhelming majority it is it is a majority but it is not an over i would not call that an overwhelming majority and overwhelming to me is like 95 plus right okay fair maybe fair. maybe 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 90 plus okay um, so I don't know it's, overwhelming it's not a super majority. It's a no, majority, no, but it's no. not a super majority. Yeah. You know, and my fear is because I think SAG is something like, I'm spitballing here, 133,000 people, 200,000 people, something. I think it's under 200,000. Uh, dude, you know, 95% of us don't work consistently. Some 12%, uh, uh, I think, only make the $27,000 a year threshold to get healthcare and pension and health, your pension and health, right? Um, <clears throat> I'm afraid that there are going to be a lot of uninformed people who uh, are rushing to make a decision just to get back, just so I can get that audition again. And just so I can maybe book that one line on fucking everybody loves Raymond or whatever. God, I, I, hope I, I, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, so, we'll see. We'll see how well, things pan out. What happened? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm yeah, fascinated. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, worried, uh, because I, frankly, I don't like either. I don't like either of my options at this point. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't like what I'm being asked to vote on. I also don't like going back to the bargaining table with a negotiating committee that basically feels like, well, we did our best. I don't know what we're going to do if we go back next time. And because the national board voted to approve this agreement uh, for for to, to, for a union wide vote, I don't know that they're going to vote to approve another strike. So that's problematic. It's not like if we don't approve this agreement, the union just automatically goes back on strike. No, that's, that's not that's how not the case, right? No, no, so no, we would be operating under the old agreement that has no protections at all. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's tough. And, you know, the other thing that one last thing that kind of stuck out to me was this idea of like, you're making 20 cents, right? Well, look at all the gains. Look at the gains we got for you. You're going to be making 25 cents now. And my problem is, yeah, but we were negotiating for a dollar fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 it's the, yeah, it's the, what is it? It's the, the, the sad reality of low expectation. Yeah, I'd like, yeah. what the fuck? I mean, yes, you got us another five cents. Thanks, question mark. Like, yeah. we were asking for a dollar fifty. What the fuck did you guys do? What did you do? So, and look, it's not an easy job. 
you know, a, a lot of the, hey, look, you know, fucking Duncan Crabtree Ireland makes six fucking figures a year. Okay. Yeah. Fran, Fran is not making any money as the president. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a volunteer job. Um, you know, I don't envy anybody on the negotiating committee to sit across from fucking uber rich assholes trying to beg for uh, two nickels to rub together. Uh, I don't envy any of it. I really do appreciate being part of a union. Uh, I do appreciate all the work that they do for us and for everybody. Uh, but I, yeah, I feel like they could have done a better job. So we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, after December 5th, we'll uh, know one way or the other. Qualifications. Rape, murder, awesome and rape. You said rape twice. I like rape. <laughs> Charming. Sign right here. Very good. Badge. Merrick! Qualifications? Arson, armed robbery, ma'am. Wait a moment. <laughs> what have you got in your mouth? Nothing. Nothing, eh? Lyle. Gum. Chewing gum online, eh? I hope you brought enough for everybody. I didn't know there was going to be so many. Boy, is he strict. Gotta get in there close and find out what's happening. There's our ticket. Hey, boys. Look what I got here. Hey, where are the white women at? All right, so this week, it was your pick, and you picked a movie that I was actually... There are two things I will say were surprising about this movie. Number one, um, number one, you are of a certain age, and we've had that conversation where I'm, I'm of a certain age, and so I have a much more, uh, we will say, forgiving um, or you know, a forgiving expectation of some of the tropes that you will see in older films. You're a little mm -hmm. less, you're a little less forgiving of some of those things. Um, and the second thing is that I know that your wife mm -hmm. is, is very, very progressive. And, yeah. uh, and, and so to hear that you, not only you pick this movie, but you picked this movie that both you and your wife had actual <laughs> copies of before you met. Yeah. was kind of a surprise. So set us up. Uh, Tell us about the movie you like to watch this week. Uh, the film is 1974's Blazing Saddles, uh, directed by Mel Brooks, written by Mel Brooks, Norman Steinberg, Andrew Bergman, Richard Pryor, and Alan Ugger. Ugger? Ugger? Ugger, I think. Mm -hmm. U-G-E-R. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's uh, an Old West parody. It's, I, I, I think, specifically a parody of, of Western films. Um, but definitely with a, a, a sensibility of 1974, the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s sensibility to it. Uh, you know, got big swinging dick as, as the new sheriff of Rock Ridge. Um, you know, a bunch of uh, scheming white, I would say wasps. Uh, try there's, to... Well, there's, yeah, there's definitely a waspy. Again, yeah. it's, it's one of those things. It's 1974. Yeah. But there is definitely a, a, an angle that there is the whole, the whole community of Rock Ridge while they're still kind of playing with the old West tropes. Right. You right. know, like the, like the just post, 
I mean, it's I, I don't even know when this is set, but it's just it, it's definitely it's like 1874. Okay. Oh, 1874. So it's yeah. so it's about it's a, it's not quite a full decade after the Civil War, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 the freedom freeing of the slaves. But there is a lot of yeah. I would say that the Rockbridge group are definitely Waspy sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, I think the I the thing about the look, I this is one of those nostalgics for me because I grew up with all the Mel Brooks movies. You know, I think uh, honestly, I will say that I have never seen the 12 chairs. That is the one. okay Mel Brooks film that I have ever seen. Okay, I've seen every single other one. Um, I grew up with it. We had we had the VHS, the box set of all the fucking tapes, you know. Um, so yeah, I grew up with this film and. There's something about the borscht belt, shticky, uh, 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 sketch comedy kind of approach to the storytelling of this film that sits solidly in my heart. I, you know, again, Carol Burnett show, yeah, uh, reruns of Laughing, the the good years of SNL, yeah, okay? yeah. So that that was my my kind of uh, environment at that point. Again, Stripes, Animal House, okay. Which those movies have more of a, a, a connective tissue to the storytelling than maybe than this one does. This one has a very clear outline for where it, but how it gets there and well, what it does in between it, is like what the fuck. <laughs> well, it's very yeah, it's very sketch comedy. And the other yeah. thing that uh, that and I always thought this, uh, but in this most recent watching. You know, it's it just really struck me is how uh, very derivative it it's it feels a little bit like uh, okay, so we've got three influences that kind of influence this. Mm-hmm. One one is westerns, obviously, and yeah, at the yeah. time, and and at the time, it's one of the things people read. at the time westerns were kind of a dead genre. They people, were on there definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. you know, people people yeah. nobody was making westerns anymore, so it's sort of like he right. picked over to bones and said, "I'm going to do this spirit." Number two, it is definitely that sort of Borschtfeld vaudeville Jewish sort of uh, very funny. I mean, nothing's funnier to me. Nothing, and I and I I forgot about this that the the big Indian chief played by Mel oh, yeah. Brooks yeah. Speak, speaks in Yiddish. That Yiddish. is some fucking funny <laughs> shit. That's just funny shit. So you got that. And then the yeah. third influence, I think, is Looney Tunes. Yeah. They're so, I mean, they yeah. do one very, very obvious. The Candy Graham for Mongo is very obviously Looney Tunes, but they're sort of like, the the here's a scene here's the thing we're going to end on a joke we're going to black out and we're going to fade back up into another scene that's going to do the thing that is going to have a joke and then we're going to move on it's right. very it, it it's not episodic it's just it's like sketch comedy nope, it's, it's very much like that and i love that about it, it. it it is it is but it's still it has a forward momentum to it you know yeah. oh I, yeah I watched, I watched on you know they're, they're available i think on youtube um my dvd has a bunch of uh deleted scenes yeah and then even reading the script i read a script um it was available i can't remember which website i found it on but there was a draft uh, a 1973 draft so it's shortly before this film actually started shooting okay and you can see in the script there are some handwritten i don't know by who but there are some handwritten uh dialogue changes and some notations about uh, scenes and blah 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 um so it is very close to a shooting script but you can see where they would have kind of like hit a wall 
And then like the momentum wasn't there in some of the script. The momentum wasn't there in some of the deleted scenes. So this movie to me is, is it's very pared down uh, in terms of its forward momentum. It yeah. does keep moving and keep moving and keep moving. Like there's not a boring section of this film. Not a single you know? boring section. Every no. scene, it, it, well, again, it's very, and that's, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of, obviously you are, I am as well, uh, a fan of, Mel Brooks, you go back to the days of uh, your show of shows and the Sid Caesar stuff that there was there, there was definitely a, a shtick and a rhythm to that shtick. Yeah, what's yeah, really yeah. what's really nice. I, and, and I read some of the reviews at the time, like Pauline Keel hated this fucking movie. But uh, but, the, <laughs> but one of the, yeah, but one of the things that was a big criticism for the people that did not like this film was that Mel Brooks was just not a very good director. And the thing I think mm. is most interesting about that criticism is it doesn't take into consideration that really this is just a series of sketches and that what I think his talent as a director and his editors, I think his talent, I mean, I think he's very, very talented, but I think one of the things that you miss when you think about a director is that he's managed to take these individual jokes, these individual scenes that set things up and have a funny moment Mm-hmm. And stitch them together so that it does feel like a complete story. And and it ends exceptionally well, even though it goes, and that's and I have to say, I have to give uh he and the, the writers credit, is the whole meta thing mm-hmm. uh it is not something that was very, very common in film. It was it was very common in the Looney Tunes. It was that whole meta thing where where you have a character actually looking at the at the camera and speaking mm-hmm. to the audience. You have that a number of times in this film. Yeah. Um, Cleveland Little does it the most, but then Harvey Corman at one point is literally looking right at the yeah. camera and this says, Am I talking to you? Why am I talking to you about this? <laughs> And 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 that's right. just not something at the time was really. I don't even know if it, I'm sure it was done before, but it just was so smart and so well put together. And and I have to give Mel Brooks as a director credit for that. I think he got better at it as he well, it, as he continued to grow yeah. as a director. But I, this I think this is all there. I think that's one of the direct translations from the the stand-up stage right i mean you you have the reason he he wanted richard pryor on here and richard pryor like i don't even i didn't pull it up but i think it's only a matter of a year or two later like really blows up yeah yeah. as like a as like a a comedic force to be reckoned with um i you know he had him you know uh, clearly brooks and and a lot of his people had that experience of being in the nightclubs and seeing how all of that shit worked right and i think that this is a direct pull from the stage is the interaction with the audience, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. for me, for me, I know for a fact, this is the first time that I saw anything like that in a film. Okay. Yeah. And so I really love it and appreciate it. And now it's been eight uh, fucking million times over, you know, yeah. uh, Fer- Ferris Bueller famously, right? Everybody's but, yeah. But Deadpool, you know, but yeah. when, but when it works, it works, you yeah. know? And, and I think, I think Ferris Bueller, I think Deadpool, I think those are great examples of it really fucking worked. You know, and uh, yeah, I do. I appreciate that he took and and look there. Just to segue a little bit, we you know I I think I mentioned last time on the intro uh, when I wanted to pick the movie. Um, this is a movie I don't think could be made nowadays. 
Now, that statement could be taken as like, oh, look how offensive it is and the use of the N-word all the time and this, that, and the other. And Okay, so that could be taken that way. I did sort of mean it that way, but I meant it in a bigger way where this film is very theatrical. And I don't know that there's a place right now where that kind of plays in a modern sensibility. This movie plays, this movie plays, but I wonder about how something like this would play nowadays. I think that there is something about this movie, Mary Lynn mentioned it, the amount of music in this movie. The yeah. Comedic, comedic tune. Oh. The, dude, in this movie it's they're well written the, 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 the lyrics are fucking hilarious i'm okay. telling you that very first the opening song the title song it and it, 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 it's one of those things you have to think about and i and i've thought about this forever because when you think about opening songs for comedic movies mm -hmm. specifically comedic movies how many of them are really memorable really tuned really catchy and i'm sorry if anybody of a certain age if you sing that they know exactly what you're singing and it's because that song by itself because a lot of the songs are service i'm tired is yeah. a very funny it's not a great it's not like hey this is a very memorable song it's funny as shit and mad right. Khan is funny shit yeah miracle yeah. in that but that opening song is as good as i mean i will argue it's as good and as memorable as anything john williams ever wrote oh 100 you know what 100%. i mean it's like yes. it's it's just yes. it's just, yeah. just genuine yeah. yeah, it's yeah. so good and it's so yeah. easy to listen to. And every time you hear it, it's just like, yeah, I know exactly what movie you're talking about. And that's mm -hmm. that that is an accomplishment in and of itself. All by yourself. That's amazing. Well, um, and the the and the you know, one of the things I was reading about was he he wanted a Frankie Lane type singer. Yeah. Never and expecting Frankie Lane. Frankie you know, Lane to actually I'll yeah. do it. Like, yeah. fucking hire me. I'll do it. And then he didn't know that he was singing a song for a comic. Yeah, no, because it's not written like a funny comic. It, it's, no. it sounds like that's it's a perfect spoof. And that's the way, and that's what it is, right? You know, you watch some of the Wayan Brothers films, the later, the later Wayans Brothers films, and some of these real shit bomb ones, like Epic Movie, or you know, they, 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 there was a string of parody films in like yeah. the not it was scary not, movie, not not another, not another, not 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 another, yeah, another, yeah, whatever the fuck, yeah, you know, that shit, real shitty, and that's the thing is like you have to take. You have to take some part of it seriously in order to draw the audience in and then flip the fucking script on them, you know? And yeah. this this movie really does that. It has stakes. So the scope of the film at the opening is, I mean, it's a Western like every other Western you probably sat through and then after this song, then it fucking gets you. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. 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 It's, I think it's crazy. All right. I have a, now here's a question that I have for you because uh, yeah. I, I, I know what my answer is, but I'm curious to, to, to see how you feel about it. Um, how does this film, cause you may, I mean, I mean, you, you know, you did, you made the comment that, that it probably couldn't be made. And sure. one of those aspects is that theatrical thing, which, uh, we're going to talk about next time because you okay. suddenly, you suddenly inspired me. Okay. So I like that. Um, but, uh, in terms of sort of the language, the use of language, the use mm -hmm. of, does this hold up in 2023? 
A hundred percent. Yes. And I think you, when you have, and look, I, you know, I watched some interviews, read some things and, you know, Mel Brooks was smart enough to know, I mean, he's a smart guy, talented guy, but also smart enough to know I got to bring a black dude in on this because we cannot, a bunch of fucking white Jewish writers sitting around. Like if we really want to do this, we we're never going to be able to pull this off unless we have a bona fide, you know, and to pull in one of arguably the greatest stand-up comics, black stand-up comics. I'm not going to say black. One of the greatest stand-up comics of all time. Um, the fact that he was a fucking hard partying black dude, right? Um, to the point where Brooks wanted him to play Black Bart. Of the course. Studio refused. The studio refused because they could not insure him because he was such a hard drinking, hard drug drug dude. Like, yeah, there were stories of while they were writing the movie, there were stories of where's where's Richard? Where's Richard? You get a fucking call like, I don't know, I'm I'm in Detroit. I don't know how I got here, but I'm yeah. in Detroit. So like, they sent him two hundred bucks to get on a fucking plane to come back to L.A. from Detroit. Um, you know, he 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 was prescient enough to know that he had to bring in somebody. Smart enough to know who the fucking funniest black comic of the time was yeah. and was going to be for, you know, the next probably, I don't know, 20 years, um, or maybe 30. I don't know, know his exact timeline of, of, of uh, work. But um, uh, yes, I think it I think it does still play unless you are just fucking lame and don't have a funny bone in your fucking body and all you are is a social justice warrior yeah then the movie is not going to play for you because yeah, no, any 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 context of the n-word in public is going or in in, in mass media is going to fucking set you off and like i'm sorry for some people that's, that's on yeah, you some... and that's okay i'm not going to criticize you but like uh, clearly you don't understand humor you don't understand why it's funny mel brooks specifically would ask prior all the fucking time is this too much is it too much? Can we use it here? Can we use it there? From what I read, and and and, and prior all the time was like, no, go farther, go farther. Yeah, go. yeah, absolutely. He said one of the producers at at uh, Warner Brothers told Mel Brooks, I, I forget exactly, maybe it was John Kelly, I can't remember who it was, but there was the quote out there of, "Is this too much? We got the farting. The farting has never been done in a movie before. Yeah, what are we doing? I mean, is this is this is this too much? If it's too much, I don't know." And the producer said, "Mel, if you're gonna go up to the bell." ring it that's a great line yeah and like they fucking rang the shit out of the bell oh the thing the, th the thing I, what it reminded me of it and it's one of my favorite uh comedic bits of uh just not not of 1974 but just prior just a little bit before then was lenny bruce and it's an interesting thing because i think and i don't actually know when that turning point came but what you know, and I don't want to, I'm not going to do a Lenny Bruce routine uh, on this podcast, but the point of the, and you can look it up, but yeah. the point of the, the, the bit and also why it was funny was his perspective. And this was also something from uh, some of his writing is that he felt like the best way to approach the N word, which I think mm -hmm. is ridiculous that we say the N word because we know what word we're saying. We know when I say the N word, you say the word in your head. It's it's, it's a Louis K bit, but right. but his con concept was that the best way to handle a word with that kind of stigma was to mm -hmm. destigmatize it by 
just using it and and not and not, you know and and I think there's yeah. there's definitely in the early 70s and maybe even to mid 70s there was definitely this idea that we're just going to use this word. We're going to. We're not going to use it out of hate. We're going to use it to the like this movie does, which is they're using the word to make fun of. I mean, it's one of the greatest lines in the thing. Is these are people? They're salt of the earth. They're the working, you know, morons. And, right, right. You know, it's a great fucking line, but it really underscores why it works in this movie so much. And 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 keep in mind too, and this is something that was very uh, much on purpose. Uh, for oh yeah! Writers. Oh yeah! It it's all awful people using the word. Yeah, there are a couple of times the little old lady uh-huh. up, up yours to him. Okay. Oh, that's so funny that she kind of is on the line because she's not. They're not with him yet, but they're also not the the, the Harvey Corman, the bad. Yeah, yeah, guy. yeah. But it's really it, she's on the line there. But for the most part, it's all the fucking awful people who are using the word in a derogatory manner. You know, well, um, I, I think it's notice, notice, notice that the Waco kid never says it. No, never. the Waco kid never says it. You know I mean? um, Madeline Kahn's Madeline character Kahn. never says it. That's you know, I mean, it, and, and the thing is, what I think is fascinating about it is, is it, it does make this very interesting. I, I, this is what I think I love about this movie is I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of movies or plays or books that the the purpose of their existence mm-hmm. is to make a point. But that is not to say that I don't appreciate when a point is made. What right. I think is brilliant about this film is first and foremost, the absolute is is funny. They are trying to make <laughs> us laugh. They are that, going yeah. all, yeah. they're ringing yeah. that bell. We're going to yeah. make us laugh. And the fact that they're going to make us laugh, and then after they've made us laugh, they give us sort of this meta point about racism in the country, about, about black people in the country, you know, because as you say, and I think the only thing I'll disagree is I think, because I think you you almost got there in my brain, is like, yeah, you've got the cowboys and you've got the Harvey Cormans and you've got and they're using the word. And then you've got the townspeople who are using the word, but in the very beginning, they all pull out guns when they see that the sheriff right. is a black guy. And but but it it's literally they're not it's not that they're bad people. It's just, no. And by the end of it, by the end of it, they even go to the point where now they Uh hate that he's gone. And I think there is, that's a message, whether or not you want to take it as a message. It's a, if, if you want to take it as a message, it's a really fucking good one because at Uh no part, no part does Cleveland, this black part, no part does he go fuck these racist pieces of shit. Right. Nope. He says, I want to win them over because I'm a sheriff now. And it's like, it's a, it's a real, and he does at the end of the day, he does win them over. And yep. that's a really cool story that yep. I think we've kind of lost in 2023. We don't really look at it that way anymore. We're not trying to mm-hmm. make that. We're not trying to make that, that we're not, I, I guess what I would say is the character of black Bart, black Bart, represents and i think cleveland little that's why i I'm, i didn't realize uh they wanted richard Pryor to play uh play that character but i think the reason cleveland little works so fucking well 
is that Cleavon Little, just as an actor, mm-hmm. and specifically as an actor in this role, he seems like a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. I you mean, know? there is something when I read about the prior thing, it's like having having seen a lot of his stand-up. Yeah, he's um, an angry guy. Seen him in movies. It would come across. A, it would come across. A He's an angry guy. I mean, Cleve, he couldn't have done. No, it. he could have pulled it off. Right. But, but as a young guy, Levon Little I, is just sort of like as Malik calls me. to him. He, yeah, he has a sweetness to him, and yeah. there is even even uh, Gene Wilder is Cisco is uh, uh, sorry Waco, Waco. Kid. Yeah. Oh, I said Cisco with Waco Kid. <laughs> even he is more judgmental of. The white racist than Cleveland mm-hmm. than Bart is. Bart is, I get it. I mean, it's sort yeah. of like it's it's a weird kind of thing to see in any kind of movie that involves race as an issue. Is I see it, I understand it, I get that they're kind of stupid, but I think I can overcome it. Right. And 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 and, and at the end of the day, because it's a funny movie. We overcome it, and they right. get into a fucking limousine and drive <laughs> off in the sunset, which is yeah, fucking great. It's such it's a funny home. movie. I well, love it. The, well, there's something else too that I was I was reading where you know Brooks said about um, Slim Pickens' character. Oh God, he what a coup! What a cast is the word. Oh well, yeah, he uses the word not so much in a derogatory sense towards it. It's just well, that's just you know, a, a, a cloud is called a cloud, right? Well, and 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 it's the there's green a, shit under our feet is called grass, isn't it? Yeah, it it, like, it, it, it goes to the heart of a, it's it goes to a heart of simple, well, not stupid, simple. Yeah, there, it goes to the heart of I think uh, some Dennis Leary bits that I've always appreciated, and I think to a certain degree is that we use these words, and sometimes, and it's pretty obvious, it's pretty obvious most of the time, we use racial epithets, specifically racial epithets, sometimes sexist epithets. Sure. We use them, and there there is a way of using them as a demeaning technique yep. or a hateful technique. Mm-hmm. And then there is a way of just using them as a as just as a matter of course, as a matter of saying things, you know, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. like you know, and I'm, I'm not saying necessarily it's right, but I also and it's I'm certainly not one of those bizarre white people who who authentically would really love to be able to say that word out loud because no, no. I don't say oh, that out. That was one of the only funny jokes I thought yeah. old dads. That okay. Yeah. 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 You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, and it's like, it's like, it's like, I don't want to say it. I don't say it. I, I, no. yeah. you know, um, well, and I think that's the interesting but, thing too about, but I, no, but I don't oh, think, God, I don't, I, I, but I don't think by, by elevating its, its, its offense by elevating, by basically taking this very simple offensive word and elevating it to a Voldemort the name that shall not be spoken thing. I don't know if that serves the conversation. In fact, what I would say in terms of a conversation about racism, systemic racism, structural racism, Jim Crow, slavery, all this generational trauma, I think in that discussion by by eliminating certain things we are allowed to say, and I don't just mean white people, anybody, um, you minimize the conversation. You make the conversation smaller when I think the conversation should be much larger because the issue is so big. 
Sure. But, you know, it, 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 again, it, it, well, it's a funny movie. I think the yeah. point is well, made. Well, and for all the talk about it, I, I, I know I'm not, I don't want to minimize how many times, you know, it's, fuck is used in a movie, you know, like something like Scarface, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred and some odd times. For all the talk and kind of the bristling that some people may have about Blazing Saddles, I have anywhere between 13 and 17 times. As well. That's ex exactly, yeah. Like, it's, it's not like it's one a minute or it, something it, like Pulp, pulp you know, Fiction. Pulp Fiction has about 40 Jackie, times Jackie, more. Jackie Brown has more than Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, so it's like, you know, yeah, I, you know, I, yes, I think the movie still plays. No, I don't think it's as offensive as people may think it is. It's really not. It really is. And I, I think you, you, you made an excellent point that I love. The first goal of this movie is to make everyone laugh, period. That's it. Period. And that should be the goal of every comedy is to make you laugh, not to prove a point, not to fucking, not, none of that shit. The fucking, and that's, that was my thing about old dads that we talked about a little bit. Yeah. You it, felt like it me, wasn't there to me, make me laugh. Well, to me, it just, it forgot that it was supposed to be fucking funny. Whatever. We'll talk about that some other time. Anyway, this movie never forgets that its main goal is to fucking make people laugh. And uh, Harvey Corman said it in one of the interviews I watched. He said, you know, I've been a part of a lot of things over the years and I've been in some quote unquote comedies where the set is very serious and people are trying to one up each other, but in a very mean way to say like, I'm funnier than you, I'm better than you or whatever. That has never been the case on a Mel Brooks set. It was never the case on the Carol Burnett show. The whole point is to not only make the audience laugh, but make each other laugh. Exactly. And that's, and that's why we love, that's why we love them. That's why we that's, love them. Yes. Um, one big takeaway, this is so stupid, but I have to point it out because I, I think this is fun. Every so often we have like a big takeaway that we got from this. Okay. My big takeaway, Gabby Johnson, okay, the sharer. Okay. Rainbow flammer, flammer. Yeah. Authentic frontier gibberish. Okay? Yes. Gabby Johnson is the same actor, the guy who plays him, Jack Starrett is his name. Uh, he's credited as Claude Ennis Starrett Jr. in Blazing Saddles. He's the awful, awful, awful jagoff sergeant cop in First Blood who uses the nightstick on Rambo and fucking shoots him with that fucking fire hose to wash him off. Real piece of shit guy. Had no fucking <laughs> clue that the, that was the same actor as Frontier Gibberish. I had no clue and was blown the fuck. I even pulled the scene up, the Rambo scene on YouTube, and I was like, no fucking way. That's not the same guy. That's not the same guy. No fucking way. It's the same guy. It's that, the same guy. That's it's a stupid. It's a stupid takeaway, but like, it's one of those things. And you know, you ask like some people ask, well, how do you watch movies over and over and over again? Like, yeah, yeah. Do you you saw it? It was funny. You had a good time. You cried. You laughed. You got scared. Whatever. Why do you watch movies over the same movie over and over again? Shit like this. Yeah. You know. Um. Uh. uh what's her face? Uh, uh. Carol Arthur had no idea she was Dom DeLuise's wife. The one. Um. To the. Uh. Um. Uh, um. We the people. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dom DeLuise's wife had no clue. See, and, and that, so it's shit like that. It's That's why fun. I love rewatching shit. It's fun and stuff. Reading about the shit that you like. So yeah, so yeah, this solidly fits in. I like to watch because goddamn, I love watching this film. <laughs> it's just I can never not laugh. You can never not laugh. It's we just funny. These jokes, a million fucking, and times. they're still funny every time. God damn it. 
Are you in the show? Then get your boots off the stage. <laughs> just very funny stuff. It's not even a joke, but the, the delivery of it. It just and and genius though too. I mean, the fact that she was nominated for an Oscar, which Harvey Corman even said he's like at the time, like that's not a big thing. Even going forward now, that's not a big thing. That does not so happen. The fact that she was fucking nominated for that, like un fucking believable. Just so so good. It's really interesting reading scripts of any uh, uh film that you're you're in love with or you're familiar with or whatever it might be it really shows how much a script at points is just a blueprint for the scenes just a blueprint for how the story is going to go it also really shows um there is some very strong writing out there some very strong writers out there uh you don't change shakespeare you pretty much you don't change Mamet. You don't yeah. change. You don't change Tony Kushner. You don't okay. fuck with. You don't fuck with Sorkin. You know. Sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But then you really do see what gems certain actors are that they can take something like a simple line, like Rock Ridge, Rock Ridge, splendid, splendid, and it's like you see that on paper, and it literally just says Rock Ridge, Rock Ridge, splendid, splendid. Right, it's just you give it to Harvey Corman. You give it to someone like that. It's a song. It's a song. It's yeah, man. And it's like, so I do. I want to encourage people out there so much. You Google whatever movie you want and put script next to it, and I'm sure there's a PDF out there somewhere, um, or someone has transcribed, taken the time to transcribe it off of a fucking movie into a Word doc or something. But it's really fun fun and cool to kind of a b the script versus what you were seeing on the screen. It just, it really shows the importance of, of good actors, good, good performers, you know? There you go. So, yeah. Solid pick. Solid pick. Yeah. yeah. Assorted drinks, your favorite beverages, hot coffee, hot dogs, the way you like them, ice cream, smoothly. All right. For my triple features, uh, I'll go first. Cause you get to close that one out. Um, well, I, I picked two movies that I think were made uh, with the same agenda in that let's make you laugh and mm-hmm. let's 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 just like you said the producers like if you're gonna if you're gonna go up to the bell ring it <laughs> these, these are movies that definitely ring the bell mm-hmm. the first one is 2008's tropic thunder um i think it's one of the funniest most offensive movies i can imagine i think <laughs> i think it's hysterical um yeah. It makes me laugh harder and harder. Every time I watch it, it makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, and it's got so it it is it is such a spoof. It's a I mean, it it's a spoof of Hollywood. It's it, it's very meta in not quite the 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 blazing saddles mode, but it it makes fun of method acting. It yeah. makes fun of it makes fun of the industry as a whole. It really makes yeah. fun of the industry yeah. in such a huge way. And I think yeah. it's extremely funny. So uh well I love the, that. Well, and what's what's so fascinating about this film to me is that you have legitimate players of the industry taking the piss out of the fucking industry. I mean, Tom Cruise showing up as that oh. head of the studio is just, a, you know, everybody could shit on Tom Cruise and his running and his, I love Tom Cruise. I fucking love him too. But yeah. you watch something like Magnolia 
You watch something like uh, Born on the Fourth of July. You watch something like his performance in Tropic Fucking Thunder. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, dude, this guy, this guy's an actor. He's so one an of actor. my one of my favorite stories about his performance in that when the when he was talking to uh, Ben Stiller about being in in that role, he said he only had two requirements for Ben Stiller to play that okay. role. And his two requirements were that he have fat hands, okay, and that he get to dance. Get to and, dance. I heard and that. Ben, yeah. And Ben Stiller was like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about?" Until Tom Cruise came in dressed as that character right. and did the dance with his big fat hands. You're like, all right, do it. Right. Rock, do it. Everything you want. Yeah. Well, and you talk about the biggest movie star in the world. It's like, yeah, whatever you want, whatever the fuck you want. Cause this yeah. is going to probably be good. Yeah. My second, and I had to debate, I had to debate which one I was going to include. Sure. Uh, one was uh, the South park musical. Cause I really think yeah, that it's, yeah, it, it's, it, it's really good. I what, never even watched the TV show really. Oh, I, I did, did uh, yeah. See, but I did see the movie. Yeah. And was like, oh, yeah, that's fucking funny. Yeah, it was it's very, funny. very funny. Fucking but funny. for me, in terms of it being, because that's a parody of musicals, but it's more yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more about, that's more South Park, right? Yes. What I love about the, the movie that I chose is 2004's oh, Team America World Police, <laughs> because it is it is something that has I've you know at the time, and I still can say that I've never seen anything like it. It is, first of all, a huge spoof of war movies and action movies in general. Yep. Yep. But then it yep. goes one step further and makes every character a puppet, a yep. marionette. And it is, yep. and it's filthy and it's offensive oh. in every way. And, yes. it, and, <laughs> it, and, 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 but first and foremost, it's fucking Funny. funny it's so embarrassingly funny yeah so i have uh, a story i have a story about this movie. i was um when i was working for the production company uh when i first moved out here this movie was uh, released by paramount okay yeah. and our production company was based on the paramount lot so every so often we would get an email like inviting us to screenings for shit uh, usually they were screenings, movies not released yet. Okay. And this was one of them and studios do this. They did it with blazing saddles, right? They would invite people out just to kind of like t test the waters to see how it's going to go. Okay. And so we, I brought Corinne actually, cause I was like, there's a screening on the lot. There's a screening on the Paramount lot. You've got to come, come on. It's going to be awesome. Cause I had just moved out here. I think. Yeah. And we went, dude, there were the, the, the theater was packed. Yeah. Paramount theater was packed. Um, there were times where you could hear a fucking pin drop, except, <laughs> except for about 10 younger people laughing their fucking asses off. Just, Corinne and I were like, what the fuck are we even watching? This is insane. It's, funny. it's so funny. And it's that so dynamic. weird. That it's, fucking sex scene that goes on. It, this, long. It's so stupidly Dude. funny. And it's just like, they got it. But like, but like expertly done. Because oh yeah. The work that goes into the, the miniatures and the puppets and the dioramas that they built. Stick like people were in there with their fucking hands you know, really oh. working to get shit done. It's not digital bullshit. No, it's this actual human oh, shit. It's it, and the fucking script is just it's balls to the wall, hilariously funny, dude. Yeah. yeah. This is solid, solid. But yeah, you could. I, I was like, I don't know if they're gonna release this movie. I know because this is before streaming too. So yeah. you couldn't even really dump it anywhere. No. Um, I was like, I don't know how 
they can, I, I thought it was awesome. I hope more people get to see it, but I don't know how the fuck they're going to release this movie. Sure enough, they did, and it did great, but... Yeah, and the order yeah, the pretty, order of my pretty. triple feature would definitely start with Blazing Saddles. Okay. Um, then we do Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. and then we'd go for what I consider, of the three of them, the most ridiculously offensive of the three of them, and just as funny, Team America. That would be the order that I would watch it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Awesome. Um Mine are a little more uh, 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 staid affairs, I think, <laughs> than yours. Um, I went with, uh, look, you could do a whole Mel Brooks movie spoof night if you wanted to, right? No question. And there were a couple that I did, um, not even Mel Brooks, but just movie spoof parody kind of things that I had selected. But I think I think I kind of pared it down to ones that I, I really like to watch. Um, my first pick is, uh, from 1982, uh, dead men don't wear plaid brilliant written, written by Carl Reiner, Steve Martin, George, George Gipp, Gippy. Yeah. Yeah. And then directed by Carl Reiner. Um, this will be, it's a, it's a black and white. It's a a parody of, uh, uh, noir films Mm -hmm. to the point where it uses something like 19 different clips, clips from 19 different film noirs from the 40s the 30s and 40s um and and kind of plugs steve martin into acting with humphrey bogart or uh uh, uh ingrid bergman or jimmy cagney or crawford or betty davis or ava gardner or carrie grant like you, you you're looking at this this movie and it's like i i still don't know exactly that's how good steve martin is yeah because i don't know how the fuck he did that he had to be so familiar with the with the scenes that he was working within from the other movies. So solid in his kind of goofy, uh, what is it, Rig- Rigby Reardon? I think was the character's <laughs> name. Yeah, Rigby Reardon. Um, you know, just just so good. And and then for Reiner to kind of like, well, and also a uh, uh, Mel Brooks uh, uh, contemporary, not yeah, contemporary. Yeah, you know, BFs. Um, yeah, this movie is. I haven't seen it in a long time. I own it. It's another one that I grew up with a lot. It's super a fun. Lot. So it, much fun. It, and just it, while it may not be the most drop dead, hilarious, like laugh a minute, like Blaze, Blazing Saddles, it's very funny because Steve Martin is very funny, but it's also got that heightened Steve Martin intellectual comedy shit going on, right? So you may not laugh that loud, but you'll be like, oh man, that was that was funny. It's a you super know, like, it's a great yeah. concept. It's a it's a seriously great concept film. Yeah, I love That's it. Something that I've ever seen re- repeated. I don't think I've ever seen another movie that that clips in 19 other films that someone is acting with. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah. The only um, thing I, I can think of will again. The only thing I can think of that even comes close is uh probably the two that, and, and it's not the same thing at all, but, but mm-hmm. utilizing sort of like that footage with live actors is obviously Forrest Gump has a couple of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and quite frankly, uh, uh, one of my favorite films of that kind is uh, Woody Allen's Zelig. Oh, Zelig. Yeah. I guess Zelig does. That, 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 that kind of, but, but it, but it's not like movie not characters. No, no, yeah. No, no, no. First of all, it's not movie characters. It's fa- it's, it's news footage, but right. I right. think Carl Reiner really kind of revolutionized this as an idea. I think it's the first time it's ever been done like this. I agree. Yeah, I think it's a great frankly, movie. I don't know that it could be done again because you'd have to license the clip yeah. from all of those movies. There's never just no fucking way. So, yeah, really, really cool film. We may discuss this at some point. I don't know. I, I really dig it. 
And then my second flick is uh, 1988. Uh, fucking Keenan Ivory Wayans, I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. Yeah. Which is uh, a spoof on the black exploitation uh, uh, films, uh, Coffee. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, not Jackie Brown, but what's the other one? Pam Greer. Not Pam Jackie Greer. Brown, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Foxy Brown. Jesus Foxy Christ. Brown. Foxy Pretty Brown. Sorry, I, I totally went blank because all I yeah, no, 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 Jackie okay. Brown. Yeah, yeah. But you know, again, you know, solid cast of actors who a lot of them were in black exploitation films, like Clarence Williams third. You know what I mean? Like, but just, just solid, um, cast, and I think it's before it's kind of how this reminds me of kind of how um mel brooks kind of went off the deep end with dracula dead and loving it and yeah, some the yeah. Ones, some of the later ones um yes the intent was to be funny but it's like it's it's like cheesy funny at a certain point. yeah it's not, yeah it's not groundbreaking it's not subversive it's not i don't know it's just cheesy funny um yeah this to me is before the weigh-ins kind of I don't want to say sold out because I mean, well, they just kind of out and makes they just kind of went but they went in a direction where they weren't easy. Take, they just went easy. They, they went easy. easy. They weren't taking seriously before this. This right. they take very seriously seriously yes. the genre they're spoofing and yes. and it shows. That's why it's yeah. a better movie than most of the stuff they did later yeah. on. And I did. I, I saw this in a theater for sure. And like I saw this. I know for a fact I saw this before I saw any of the black exploitation flicks, except for maybe. Um, uh, Live and Let Die, which is not a black exploitation flick, but yeah. it has elements with Bernie Casey yeah, and the Harlem yeah. scenes and whatever. But you no, know, I saw this solidly before I saw any of those because I was young. I mean, I was ten years old when I'm Gonna Get You Sucker came out in '88. You know, all of those black exploitation flicks, Coffee Brown, or uh, Jesus Christ, just did it again, Foxy Brown, Foxy Brown, Coffee, etc. Uh, across a uh, 110th Street, like all of those movies have hardcore language definitely nudity hardcore drug use like i didn't see that shit at this age so this was kind of my introduction entree to, yeah, <laughs> and god damn it it's funny man that fucking it's very funny brown with the fish he got fishbowl fucking platform shoes on like this movie is really really funny i have not seen it in a long time so it might be cheesy to me now i don't know but I remember really. I remember. I haven't seen my it. Ass off at I haven't seen it in a very, very long time. But uh, yeah. as I recall, I thought it was what. What was the one Robert Townsend did? Uh, uh, yes, uh, Hollywood Shuffle. Hollywood Shuffle. Called. I I had that one on my mind. I had I had the same. Well, the thing is, I I have the same sort of real fondness for I'm going to get you second that I do for Hollywood Shuffle. It's just like yes, they're just yeah. such. They're good natured. Yeah. They are really funny. They're like the gags are mm -hmm. gags. They're obviously mm -hmm. gags and they are funny gags. Right. Um, much like, uh, you know, Dead Men Don't Pla Wear Plaid or and it Blazing well, Saddles, you know. You bring up Hollywood Shuffle. It reminds me kind of, of um, the movie you picked last time for your trailer, G. Whereas, like, uh, American fiction, very erudite about her, her uh, book and blah, blah. Well, can you read us a passage from your book? Right. Yeah. And it's there. There's that sequence in Hollywood shuffle where it's like, hello, I'm Robert Townsend. <laughs> and this is the black acting school. And they teach they teach black actors how to be gangbangers. Yeah. Yeah. Slaves. Very, very funny. Very smart. It takes the piss out of Hollywood, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my I think I would go I think I would go in order of uh, genre. 
So I would go with uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid for noir first. Mm-hmm. Then I would go Blazing Saddles for Western. And then I would go. And then because it also kind of bleeds in with Black yeah. Bart and all of that shit would bleed into I'm going to get you sucker with it. I think that's a great. So, I, I yeah, would watch that with your picture. Um, I am I am a huge I'm not I'm not one of the Snyderverse guys. I'm not mm-hmm. like one of the one of the guys that's like Zack Snyder's God, but I genuinely I enjoy Zack Snyder's aesthetic a great deal. Um mm-hmm. I, I think he's very specific. I'm one of the probably one of the very few people uh that really likes Sucker Punch. I just think it's a. I think it's a bizarre movie. I think it's weird. I think it just. You know, I'm it's down just, with it. It's right, and so right. I am. I here is here is my trailer that I am looking forward to. When I found you in the wreckage of that ship, I considered leaving you. I was afraid you could bring trouble to us. What do you think they want? Everything. We're just farmers, we're not a threat. They won't just kill us, will they? You're delusional. You think those soldiers will show their mercy? Searching for soldiers for a fight against the mother world. I could help you. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part One: A Child of Fire. I, I fucking long title. <laughs> well, it's a you know, but Zach. The thing is, Zack Snyder has that thing. He can do fucking anything yeah. he want now. It's um, and I, you know, I, the, I, it's basically Star Wars, but it's his version of Star well, Wars, and I, and I don't gonna, care. I was going to ask that. Did did wasn't he supposed to have worked on or was developing a Star Wars? Wasn't he brought into that? Maybe at some point? He, maybe so. I don't care. Okay. This just, it, it, just yeah, no, no. I, I see why he would have been. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I love, I love that he made this movie. I love that, uh, uh, you know, that that he has the aesthetic of this trailer. It makes me excited to see it. Sure. Um, yeah. It's you know, it just looks great. And it's on Netflix, so I'm not worried about it. I, I can watch oh, it as many times. Yeah, what? It, no, it drops in December. Drops in December. Okay. Okay. But I, you know, it's like I'm digging it. I, you know, I did not love Army of the Dead, but it was fun enough. It was goofy. It was fun enough. It was. Look, I'll say this about Zach Steiner. Like you can tell that he comes from the music video world. He has yeah. a very strong. He has a very strong uh, visual 
uh, goal or uh, aesthetic, however you want to phrase that, okay? Uh, his version of Dawn of the Dead is outstanding. It is it's still it, it holds up with one of what some of with some of the best best zombie movies. Yeah, oh yeah, remakes and zombie movies. Yeah, is visually I love that movie. I love it's it. visually amazing. Yeah. Well, that thing is, I love his you know, what I what yeah. I think is interesting Watchmen is visually. Great. Yeah, I think it's visually stunning. Book, no, no, it's yeah. it's stunning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he took a, a, a he took a graphic novel that no one no one could adapt for. The, the screen and he made it right. watchable and interesting and fun that inspired yeah. other stuff no so yeah. i'm very excited about rebel moon yeah i'm just excited that he's just get i'm tired of like he's done too many superhero movies and yeah, i get yeah, yeah. I, I get why they wanted him i get why they wanted him i'm glad he's I get, out I, I get why he took the job no i'm, I'm glad like, he's out of the dc universe his i want more of his i, I want well that's that's what lips. i Quite frankly, that's what I love yeah. about uh, uh, about uh, Sucker Punch. It is it's his completely original thing yeah. that no one else has done and no one else will do, and it just yeah. I love it. All right, sort of. So, it's a fucking yeah. mess. But. And I I sort <laughs> anyway. of yeah. Well, yes, it is. But uh, just like you had never seen yeah. the trailer for American Fiction until uh, yeah. I clued you in, I had never seen your trailer, um, and no. oh my fuck. And God, oh, wow, am yeah. I excited to fucking see this? Here it goes. I've been thinking I can't run this club forever. I built this for nothing. This is our family. You and me, kid. from the beginning yes please it was a golden age of bike riders and i never felt so out of place in all my life that's when i saw him for the first time it took my breath away i'm benny five weeks later i married him i thought i could change him you know not to be different but to be I don't know, like he's wild. Hey! I told you to take that jacket off. You'd have to kill me to get this jacket off. What about the bar? Find it down. The club got real big real fast. They started running drugs, gambling, prostitution. Is that what this club is now? I want you to quit writing. Don't ask that. Benny. I need ya. The bike riders. Where the fuck did you find this? Because this yeah, looks man. so good. Go you know, your stacked casting. Yeah, God damn it. This yeah, looks great. Solid. solid. Um, this was supposed to come out. Uh, it was at Telluride in August of 23. It was supposed to come out, but then it got delayed because of the, the SAG after strike. Yeah. Right? This is a this is definitely a movie that you want. I mean, at the very least, you want your Academy Award nominated Austin Butler out there promoting. Yeah. Okay, but you, this is a movie where you want your cast out there really, like fucking doing the circuit promoting shit, and like they they couldn't because of the strike, right? So it got pushed, and then at a certain point, um, twentieth uh, century studios. I, Look, it, it's reported both ways. The production company was New Regency. Okay, they did they did a Heat and a, a ton of shits on other movies. Okay, yeah. 
the production company, it's been reported that the production company wanted to shop it around to different studios. My feeling is 20th Century Fox, which is now owned by Disney. Um, it's not even 20th Century Fox anymore. It's called 20th Century Studios. My feeling is they dumped it. My feeling is they didn't believe in the film for whatever fucking reason. Okay. You know, it's one of those, look, this is an adult drama. It's, it's so million dollar. It looks so million dollar good, adult though. drama. These are movies that don't get made that much anymore, Don. These are the, these were That's the fair. butter of studios through the 90s and early 2000s and maybe sometimes in the 80s, not at 40 million, but these were the bread and butter movies. Yeah. And like, they just don't get made anymore. So my feeling is 20th was going to dump it. Um, not like Warner Brothers. Well, I'm glad they did. Right but somebody, so New Regency said, fuck you. We want to shop it around. Focus Features ended up buying it. Focus is a subsidiary of Universal. Universal is going to distribute the film. Thank God. This looks really fucking cool. It's oh, it looks good. A period bike rider film set in Chicago about a fictional motorcycle club. Uh, what was the Brando one? The Wild Ones? Yeah, the, the Wild right? The Wild One? I think it's the Wild One, but yeah, I don't understand. Something like that. It's, yeah. it's that kind of throwback, you know, on the road, 1950s. It just, I, well, this is 60s, I guess, but it just, it, it, it has that cool vintage feel to it yeah uh the actor look if there is one actor i will happily admit that i am extremely jealous of oh yeah it's tom it is tom fucking hardy i knew you the were guy, tom hardy the guy, yeah. the guy is handsome as fuck he's not gorgeous he's not he's not brad pitt he's not pretty yeah, yeah. he is handsome as fuck he is fucking built like a fucking brick shit house he gets to get away with all of these insane fucking voices in every fucking thing he does, and yet is still believable. Yeah, he can play. He can play a fucking badass like Mad Fucking Max. Yeah, and then play the guy in um, what's it called, the Drop Off, where he plays oh, like, Gan Gandolfini. Yeah, yeah. And he's got that little fucking dog. Yeah, he's a very timid kind of neighborhood he, guy. He's good. He he's just good. Versatile. I yeah. If there's one actor like I'm like fuck you, I'm so jealous. But God, I love you. Yeah, I'm fucking hardy. There you go. The cast is just, you know, fucking Michael Shannon has been working yeah, with Jeff Nichols yeah, for, forever. Every movie yeah. that he's done. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got Austin Butler, uh, Boyd Holbrook, who I like. You know, he was in Narcos. I don't know if you yeah. remember Narcos. Yes. But, you know, yeah. Uh, Norman Reedus has been around. I mean, I think the first time I saw him was yeah. Boondock Saints, I think. But, sure. um, you know, yeah, just a really interesting it's cast. And it's not all... It's not, it's not super famous people. I mean, yes, Austin Butler was nominated for an Oscar. Tom Hardy's yeah. been in big fucking movies. Yeah. It's not super ultra famous people. You know what I mean? It's good it's actors. Sol it's solid good actors. actors. Solid actors. I want to say it. All right. Yeah. So for next week, and you you, uh, you said this uh, when we were talking about it, and I suddenly, because I've, I've been debating what I wanted to do, because this is the last one of this year before we get into Trailer Geeks. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, and I'm curious if it's going to, go ahead, go, go. go all right, ahead. yeah. All I'm going to say is, is you made the comment is that a lot of movies don't get made that have this sort of very theatrical, stage-y yeah. kind of yeah. feel. Yeah, and I, this has been on my list as a movie that I love 
for as long and and it like okay so i'm just going to give you the i'm just going to give you the ensemble cast because i know that oh, you appreciate you, you, you appreciate this kind of stuff it's a pop quiz here we go yeah right. nicole kidman <laughs> lauren I got Paul, it. paul bettany chloe savini stellan starsgard Udo, Udo Kier, ben gazara yeah. patricia Carson, harriet anderson james khan and john hurt narrating Lars von Trier's 2003 Dogville. Dogville, yes, Dogville, yeah, and okay. it's and, and it, sure. I mean, it's it's all takes place in a giant warehouse built set. That's this is very okay. very diorama like built set. It is as theatrical, yeah. as you're going to get and have That's it funny. be a major motion picture. And I love this movie. That's funny. It's such in a weird mind, film, but I love it. I I had Moulin Rouge in my mind. So no. when the minute you said Nicole Kidman, I was you like, thought that. And then you kept going, and I was like, "Yeah, that's not it. That's not it. No, I I happen to really love Moulin Rouge. I thought about Moulin Rouge. I also thought about uh, Boss Lorman is theatrical. Julie Tamer's Across the Universe, which I happen to love. But I was like, no, I want to go. I want to go Dogville because that's actually been on my list since we started this podcast. Titus. It's well, I, 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 if I'm going, if I'm going to Tamor, Titus is one of the best things ever. So next time we yeah. will talk Dogville, and then after that, I encourage any regular listener. Uh, after that, I want you to. I don't know if you keep track, but we didn't do a lot. Of, we didn't do tra- a lot of trailer geeks this year because we had the SAG after and the writer strike. So, it, but we still had quite a few. Still so, a lot, yeah. if 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 you want to go back and and compile our list of uh, of trailer geeks, we're going to talk. Johnny and I are going to talk. And so next week we'll talk Gov- Dogville, mm-hmm. and then after that, the the year ender will be what trailer geeks did we see. Yeah, that we you know which ones did we think met our expectations or exceeded them, which ones were just absolute fucking turds, and 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 we have some of those. I know we have some. Oh of those. yeah, oh yeah. All right. definitely. And, and that is the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, review us if you want to, uh, and we're having a lot of fun. I thank yeah. you, Donnie. Good pick. Good conversation. We'll talk to you next time. All righty.